Hi, welcome to What's On Your Mind. My name is Peter Schnoart and today I give you two gentlemen. Two gentlemen from the US. I've been on their podcast. The name of the podcast is JKWD for Joss Kelvin World Domination. And it's not in a bad sense, but in a good sense. Josh Shear and Kelvin Ringold. And I asked them one question. What's on your mind? And you will discover the answer in our great inspiring conversation enjoy josh and kelvin bye-bye welcome to what's on your mind with peter Snowart. every week a guest talks about his or her story and that story can inspire you to change your own here's peter ladies and gentlemen i give you kelvin wrinkles he speaks to backgrounds <laughs> yes i do and we are recording, gentlemen. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning it is now for you, eh? Yeah. Good morning, Kelvin. Good afternoon, Peter. Good morning, gentlemen. Time traveling first, all at once. Yes. For, first of all, I want to rephrase again and reconfirm again. I'm based in Belgium, not in the United Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now... Um, last time I was a, a guest in your podcast. Today you were both a guest in my podcast. What's on your minds? Now, um, and this is my first question. I'm going to start with you, Josh. What is on your mind at this moment? What is on my mind at this moment? At this moment, I've been pondering creativity. I've been doing a lot of research into you know, the neurobiology behind it and how to get more of it and how to exercise it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. And w w where did you get that fascination? I don't know. Uh, every now and then, and about every 18 months or so, I, I get really into artwork that makes me uncomfortable for one reason or another. And typically it's, it's graffiti art because I don't understand it. I can't read it. I don't have the guts to go out and scribble on walls. And when I was, I, I don't know the, I don't know the Belgian equivalent, but when I was in eighth grade here, it's middle school, you know, 13 years old or so here in the yeah. States, I, I was in an art class and I just could not get the technical concepts. And my parents came in <laughs> on a teacher conference and he said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna give your son a C, but don't let him take any more art classes." So you know, I, you know, it scared me away from art for decades. And I decided a few years ago that I wasn't going to be scared of it anymore. And I, I, you know, went to Udemy and and took a little sketch class, and I practiced, and you know, I did a little bit of sketching while I was in Hawaii a few years ago. And recently, I brought it back out. It's just something that. I wanted to feel again, uh, put pencil to paper and, and play and just let thoughts flow. If you do a little extra in one realm, it kind of opens up your other realms. If you're stuck in, if you're stuck in writing or you're stuck for podcast ideas or anything really messing with one part of your mind that you don't tap into a lot opens up your mind to all the other stuff. Mm, where you're blocked. You, 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 you said writing. Um, mm -hmm. I, I saw on LinkedIn you are a 
how do you call it, in a, in a producer? Is that a journalist? Or how, yeah, how so uh, I, I'm a journalist by, by training. I, uh, I was a newspaper reporter for years, and now I work with websites on the kind of the back end. You, you don't see my name on them, but you know, we're doing on-site promotion. So if you go to, you know, if you go to the website of your daily newspaper uh, and you see the the news that's in a prominent spot, uh, I've moved it to that prominent spot and you know, decided what, you know, if sometimes we've sent it to mobile devices or used Facebook and Twitter for the sites and that kind of thing. So, so I'm behind the scenes. Uh, I'm also a blogger and, uh, you know, I'm sure you, you know, since you were there that Kelvin and I have a podcast and, uh, yeah. you know, them working on a book that, you know, hopefully we're looking at mid 2023 or mid 2022. I am, I am, you, um, hopefully book? middle of next year. You were alone or together with Calvin? Uh, probably just me on this one. Uh, but we've, we have some other projects that we, that we keep talking about that we haven't quite nailed down yet. <laughs> and, and, and the book is about what? Is it about uh, the book is, uh, an argument and an operating manual to get more creativity, more kindness, uh, more happiness in your life. Because th that's actually your purpose or mission, if I'm correct. Eh? If I read it on, on your personal side. Yes. Yeah. When and you, so that's, you, that, you, that all came together you, and yeah. mm -hmm, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go, 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 go. Um, yeah, that, you know, it all gelled in my head a few years ago and more so, you know, when when my when my wife was pregnant with our daughter, uh, who is two years old now, uh, I was training for for a marathon, and that gives you, especially a slow runner like me, gives me a lot of time on the road to think and create, and it all kind of gelled then. And you know, the first year I was home with the baby, and then working at night, so I yeah you know, I didn't get a lot accomplished, but now I've you know really set it down that I'm going to finish up the research in the second quarter here of the year and then move on to starting to write the first draft in the third quarter of 2021 and and really you know, try to get it out by by mid late 2022. Now your 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 mission is you have to create more happiness mm -hmm. people feel better about themselves in the world. Where, where, where did you get that mission and how did you discover that? Because it was something that was lacking in your life? Yeah, I, I think a lot of that. And I, and I think that, I think a lot of us don't identify as unhappy. Just there's this underlying angst that a lot of us have, you know, just like a little bit of discomfort, not the sort of discomfort that that you have to go through to do something big, right? Like there's a discomfort you have to work through, whether you're going to start a company or run a marathon or even, even do a podcast. Right. But there's like this little nagging. Oh, well, why, why am I angry at, at that? And why am I getting 45 minutes less sleep than I actually need? And, why do I feel the need to flop down on the couch instead of taking a walk? Just, we don't identify that as unhappiness, but when you get kind of more happiness in your life, you get more energy, and all of a sudden all that little nagging stuff is gone. Mm. And that's something that came to me you know, through the – running is really a moving meditation uh, for me. 
Yeah, especially when you're, especially when I'm out for you know two, two and a half, three hours at a time. Yeah, I know some people prefer to do that in a sit. I I prefer to do it moving. That, that's where it, that's where it came to me, and uh, really. And so, you know, what do, what world do I want to leave for my daughter? What kind of ancestor do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And and was there something that triggered you to um, start all these initiatives? Was it some kind of trick? Was that born of uh, the birth of your daughter? Was, or was it even before that? No, I, I think it was before that. Yeah, I've, I've always been a writer, and it's how I work things out in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, I... You know, you know, dating back probably about, yeah, you know, it's a high school really. It's how I, you know, writing down journaling is how I yeah. work things out for me. And I tend to be more active when I'm doing it for other people. If, if, okay. if I'm doing it in a public space like a blog, I'm more likely to try to work something out for, for me. And and if I'm if I have an audience to that I think I'm giving it to, I don't I don't care if anybody reads it. But if it's in a public space, I'm more likely to really put thought into it rather than dragging my feet and letting it sit and again just kind of irk irk me for a while. And okay. a few years ago, Kelvin did a did this mastermind project, the Master Key Experience, and as part of that. You know, among many of the other things they do is they talk about pivotal personal needs. There are seven of them, and really, two. Of the, we need all seven of them, and all all seven of them make us feel good. But two would really click with us, and the other five will just come along. And one of those is legacy. Uh, yeah, for uh, me. Uh, what 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 are the seven? Can you name seven? Um, I can't. Kelvin probably can. I did the legacy, okay. well, helping well, others, autonomy, liberty. <laughs> Go ahead. We got we got legacy, legacy, spiritual growth, autonomy, liberty, helping others, recognition for creative expression, mm. and true health. Mm, okay, because I had a similar version last week, but there were six of them. So uh, okay, and the. Uh, So the, 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 the writing for you, it's all about things that are going on in your head and yeah. putting it on paper. If, 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 if somebody now has some, some kind of feeling, okay, I'm not 100% happy, I have that nagging thing. So instead of taking a walk, but I'm going to dive into the couch and uh, grab a, a bag of chips and watch some Netflix movie. What would you recommend to them as a baby step to change their life? Well, I'd have them examine what hole that's filling and if it's actually serving what they want to feel. Because sometimes yeah. that's sometimes that's the right thing to do, right? Sometimes you, sometimes you just need to veg out, but we don't need to do it as a regular habit, right? We, we weren't built for that. <laughs> you know, we weren't built to sit in these chairs and you know, look at a screen for eight, nine, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, like some people are, uh, you know, sometimes more you know, in, in our collective quarantine here, you, we were, we were made to get up and move and be outside. And, and we just don't get enough of that in modern society. And you know, again, I know that I, you know, the statistics I know are, are us centric, but 
I've heard people joke about you know limiting screen time to sixty minutes an hour during during quarantine. So is it oh, sixty okay. minutes an hour? Yep. <laughs> um, is, that, is, that an, is, is that an April one joke or something? <laughs> no, no, that's just you. Know, how, how do you you know how do you parent when the kids are when the kids uh, are on yeah. their screen for school and you're on your screen for work and. Nobody gets to go do go out to do anything. What do you do afterwards? You can't go out to dinner. <laughs> you can't go to the playground. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> it's just sitting in front of the screen. Yeah. Um, but you know, what I did do was some research on you know, the neurobiology of happiness. What goes on in the brain? A lot of us. A lot of us like dopamine. It's that like. Did somebody like my Facebook post? Did somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, did somebody leave an Instagram comment? Yeah, that that really hits our dopamine triggers, and that's the thing that we get addicted to, right? But there are other there are other forms of happiness. There are other happiness chemicals. There's oxytocin that you get when you, uh, yeah. you know, from a cup of coffee or a bite yeah. of chocolate. You know, there's serotonin which you get from a hug. You know, those are those are also happiness chemicals. There are other ways to feel happy, and there are ways to get those. Things, you know, small accomplishments, you know, checking off your checklist, um, exercise, uh, small bits of, of deep stress. They, like a lot of people feel really good when they get out of the sauna. Right. Uh, you, know, you go into something really hot and then you come out of it and you're like, ah, well, that's a happiness chemical flooding your system. Mm -hmm. Same with, you know, if you have cold exposure, you take an ice bath. And you're like, well, you're in the bath, but you get out of the bath, and ah, it's a happiness chemical flooding your system. So it's it's a matter of, hey, I know that you're you're comfortable, but you're really you know, not happy. It's a it's a little bit of disease, yeah. right? It's it, it's or unease, really, and. There, you, um, you, if you introduce people to little bits of happiness, they'll look for it. Ah, yes, yes, okay. Do you do you know uh, Mathieu Ricard? Mathieu Ricard? No, I don't. Mathieu Ricard is um, has been in the press seen as the happiest man alive, and they have done uh, the science has done uh, an, uh, research on his brains. Mm -hmm. And he's actually he's actually part of the he lives in Tibet I believe he's in a, in a monk so the guy meditates for hours and hours and hours and apparently because of that he is seen as the happiest man alive yeah Mathieu Mathieu Ricard is is quite known um, yeah he looks like a monk eh, with so some orange uh, robes how do you call it yeah robes that one. Now, um, you, you talked about exercising uh, is important. Mm -hmm. Then we move to Kelvin because in the beginning, which was not recorded, we let uh, Kelvin do some exercising, changing his <laughs> background. So I, I, I assume, Kelvin, right now you are the happiest man of us three. Well, I'm, I'm the happiest guy in my house right now, I'll tell you that for sure. Uh, <laughs> And, and I, uh, I am happy not to share with your audience the mess that's behind the curtain. <laughs> I will tell you, it was, uh, it was okay, <laughs> but it's good. Oh, now, I'm so my, my question for you, what is on your mind, Calvin? You know, 
I um, the way you put that is very interesting, and I had to I had to sit and think about that. Um, I like being happy. As a matter of fact, I I mean I spend a lot of time talking about being happy, and happy to me may be something different than it is to a lot of people. What What does it mean for you? Because... Um, well, I'm kind of easy to get along with for the most part. I like the fact that I'm alive, awake, breathing, and you know taking in nourishment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm 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 67 years old. I have no no uh, ailments. To I'm on I'm, I'm on no medications. Um, I wake up every morning happy and, and and I can see everything. So that's that's kind of a lot of it for me. Luckily, I'm not living in a war zone or anywhere. Well maybe inside some people's heads, but, you know, life is good. So my focus, a lot of my attention is directed to helping other people feel that, um, feel good about being here on the planet, feel good about being themselves, uh, letting them know they've got a lot of self-worth and just having them be happy in themselves and not necessarily because something in particular makes them happy. It's like I wake up breathing. It's good good start for me so this means that for you happiness is an inside job and it's not putting um it's not relying or making your happiness dependent on external factors like a house a baby a car a title money success blah 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 yeah exactly for for the for the most part and once you have i mean once you once you are happy about existing you feel better about doing the things you're going to do on a daily day you know on a day-to-day basis anyway because you have more energy to do that if you're if you're de- depressed if you're uh, angry if you're if you've got all that floating around you got to wade through all of that before you can get to do anything and I don't have any of that I don't uh, almost say I don't have any of it I get frustrated from time to time but I don't keep it I get rid of that I would just as soon walk into a wall and laugh at myself because I forgot to turn the corner you know than to just sit there and mope all day. I don't, I don't generally do that. And is it because you were born that way, or is it because you, between brackets, reprogrammed no, yourself that way? No, I wasn't way? born that way. <laughs> I wasn't born that way. I, um, I tell people I, I don't remember most of my, a lot of my childhood. I guess I don't remember, you know, little, uh, a lot of detail from that, except for specific things, but. I um I was okay but when I was probably in my early 20s mid 20s I started doing a lot of reading I started getting to the whole positive mental attitude thing okay. understanding uh, this stuff um learning about gratitude and you know I read people like Tony Robbins and, mm-hmm. and Stephen Covey and uh, a lot of other people whose names don't always come to mind but the whole mindset, like where are you going to start? And I learned, particularly in the in the MK MMA that uh, that Josh was talking about a few minutes ago. I mean, they tell you happy, happiness is an inside job. You know, the world within creates the world without. A lot of people have talked about that over time. Um, Hanel, um, who was thinking go rich that guy <laughs> napoleon hill napoleon, all these yeah. people. and once you start to look at that and then i started looking at the people who were happy and why they were happy and you know they're having a whole lot better time 
So whatever I can do in most cases to make somebody else feel better about being on the planet, I'll do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of my focus, having, pe- having people just enjoy life. I, 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 you, you, now you're, you're inspiring me something. I, yesterday I'm searching, I saw a quote, and I think it's, it's great. The meaning of life is to find your gifts. The purpose of life is to give it away. I've seen that. I've seen that. And that's, that's, that's good. Um, a few years ago, I started, well, actually I think it was back in 2013. No, maybe 2003. I started writing because I was always on social media and stuff, and I was always a happy guy. And people used to say to me, hey, you're so happy. Like, what would you charge for a daily dose of positive? And I was okay. like, oh, that's really nice. I'm really, you know, that's, that's good. Thank you. And, and I didn't worry. I didn't even think about that because, oh, I'm going to put something out every day. No, that's not going to work. And then as I thought more about it and the stuff that people said to me, while I was online, because I spent a lot of time making other people feel better, you know. Uh, you know, if I see you, then uh, provided you haven't, you know, shut me down uh, for for not remembering you're in Belgium. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, a, oh no, yeah, that, that was a good joke. That was that was a fun day. Um, I'm about helping people feel better, and even on social media, I started to get that reputation, so people would start interacting with me on at the time mostly was Twitter because I made them feel better. And at one point there was a gentleman on Twitter who put out on Twitter. It was kind of scary. He said, uh, you should follow Kelvin Ringle. He's got time for everybody who needs it. That scared me. Okay. Cause that was a lot, but basically People would come into my into my space because I made them I made them feel good. If they were sad, I tried to make them happy, or, or, or give them reasons to be happy, and I kind of got that reputation. So, at a point when somebody asked me, "Hey, um, what would you do for a, a daily dose of positive?" and once I thought about it, I started writing one. And I published the first issue of that just email thing. October 16th, um, 2000 and what year is this? 2010. Uh, okay. And I've been doing it ever since. As a matter of fact, if I had been as consistent with everything in my life as I have been with <laughs> my vitamin K, um, and that's vitamin K for Kelvin, because somebody said, hey, where you been? I miss my vitamin K. You know, come over here and talk to me. I started doing that. So I've done that for, it's going on 11 years. And I've every, missed every, every day, an email. Monday through Friday, 52 weeks a year. I've missed one day since that date, since I started. Wow. And that was, and that was a technology problem. I just screwed up. So sometimes there's typos in them. <laughs> yeah, okay, but... Uh, it, me, me and spelling aren't really good at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but the, but, the, uh, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the thing is, it's intention, eh? And if the, if yeah. the intention is about giving, people feel that 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 that's the means. Eh? So the, the the spelling, that's yeah, that's a detail. I mean, it's yeah. about it's about the feeling that you want to transfer. I mean, the the fact that that happiness is really in a giving and servicing of other people. 
How long did you know that? Because for me, it's something that I think I'm now becoming 46. It's something that I did not know like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And really about giving it eh? from the heart. Eh? Yeah, I started when I started, you know, because I, you know, I joined the military at 17. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I actually turned 18 in basic training in U.S. Air Force. And um, I didn't have it then. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, I think I actually I got I got hooked up with some folks who were uh, in network marketing. And I started and I started reading the first book I read that had a, a, a really big impact on me as far as the mind was a book called psycho cybernetics by maxwell maltz and he was always he was talking about what happens inside the subconscious mind and this guy was a um, he was a plastic surgeon and he he went off on a kind of a psychological journey because the people he was talking about the people that he would do this plastic surgery on but when they got done he'd, he'd spend all his time Change, completely changed their look, but when they they didn't see it, they mm -hmm. look in the mirror and like on the same thing, and he's like, "Why? Why is that?" And then he started talking about the the self image, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm interested in the self image guy. I need to get more more work into him." So that's kind of been my study from that point on, and that's when I started to change um, and get to be that that happier guy and do it all the time and, and help other people do it and. You know, people feel good when you make them feel better. No, of you know? course. And I don't, I don't get to lie to them, but I, you know, I tell them. I mean, you got value. You know, you have worth. You know, you may not be as tall as everybody else, but who cares? The world needs short people. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I started studying that path, and I've just sort of never stopped. Uh, now, so I'm there now. Now, you know, we're into you know the law of attraction, which, which was really exciting for me. Um, and a lot of other things that just talk about what happens in the mind and how you form the image of who you are and how to change the image of who you are and realize that you have value just because you're on the planet and breathing. No, no. And that's... Well, that's that that's the strange thing about it is that a lot of people most people most of the people they think they are not good enough but for nature we are good enough for nature we are good enough so my thing is basically all things self-image I, I became a professional photographer so i could take pictures of people most people hate having their pictures taken mm -hmm. except today when they got selfies selfies are good but I liked the fact that I could take somebody's portrait and they would they would feel better about themselves. Oh, look, I I do look pretty. I, I, first time I had a, I was doing senior portraits for you know high school kids, and um, one time uh, I had a some folks come to the studio and I photographed the young girl and she was looking at the at the photos and she said to her mom, "Look, mom, I am pretty." And I almost cried. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the reason I became a photographer. That kind of thing. So between the photography and then I'm a life coach because I want to, I want to do that formally to help people f figure that out. Sometimes mm -hmm. I keep forgetting to charge, but 
you know, when somebody talks to me for a couple of weeks or month or so and they come back later and they say, you know what, I'm in a happy spot I am in today because I talked to you. I'm, I'm good with that. So that's my stuff. Me, the self-image, the fact that just because uh, you don't see the sun in the sky doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah, that's true. All that, that's, it's always there, that's, right? That's my whole, my whole thing. And, and because your, your vision is quite the same, where did you guys meet? Was that online or uh, did you meet, meet in some smoky bar in, uh, I don't know? No, we actually met at a smoky picnic. Um, <laughs> a friend of ours had a party and uh, Josh and I ended up there, you know, uh, t together. I, uh, Josh is kind of a low-key fellow. I am not. I still don't know, you know, based on our, our, our personality types, Mm -hmm. I still don't know why he talks to me because <laughs> I know I drove him crazy initially. Like the guy never shuts up. And, uh, well, well and there's a reason that once a week is good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But we met there and we became friends, uh, friends at that point. And, uh, that was, that was interesting. We, we, well, actually we didn't become friends from that particular event, but we kept ending up, at events together mm -hmm. um, there was a there was a professional i don't know recreation club i forget what they called it now but you know young professionals they'd get together and do bowling sports or you know have pizza parties and stuff like that and we ended up we would end up at those events together and eventually we got to having a conversation and strangely enough we we click rather well And eventually we started having lunch every week, and then I moved a thousand miles away, and we moved the lunch to Zoom, and I said, hey, these are really interesting conversations. Let's start a podcast, let other people eavesdrop on it. And and, and that gel, that, that, that thing that bonds you together, that's that deep permission to, to help other people to feel better, to, to create happiness in their lives? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, I think that's well put. I don't think we've ever put it. That's it. I don't think we've ever hunted down those words, but that, that oh, sounds okay. about right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, going to be, I'm going to send my invoice for... Yeah, you know, we didn't, hunt, <laughs> we, we didn't hunt down those words per se, but when we came up with, or when Josh came up with um, J, uh, JKWD podcast, which JKWD is Josh and Kelvin World Domination. Though. World Domination, eh? Right. But the why, purpose why, of why, that... why, why, why the world domination? Because the fact is, world domination, I was like, whoa, was this... But then I saw it was all about happiness and making few people better. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's about teaching you how. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. I was say it's teaching you how to dominate your world. No, okay. As opposed okay. to, I mean, if 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 taking over the world is yeah, 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 is yeah. going to make is going to is going to be good for you, do it by all means. I think most people are not going to be happy in that position. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of responsibility. Yeah. You know, you look it at. Is. Yeah, I try. Yeah, you look at Jim Carrey's <laughs> was it Jim Carrey that was their movie um what was the movie where he becomes God? He's like, Oh, oh yes. Oh oh God. <laughs> um, I think it was Oh God. <laughs> book one and book two. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. yeah, Bruce Almighty, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um and yeah, you know, he pulls the moon in for his romantic evening and make the moon really yeah. big but what it really does is floods the other half of the world yeah, there, there's a lot of responsibility that goes on with you know, running things so yeah. 
dominate your world, and if your world wants something bigger, then go get something bigger. If your world wants to dominate your garage, then do that. Yeah, but it's all you focused. You know, figuring out what you want and making your world work for you. Isn't that the, just a challenge for a lot of people that they know, they don't know what the hell they, what they want? That is correct. And how do that people, it's the same with follow your passion. And then the next question, how do I find my passion? That's the question I get. And it's a good question. I have, I'm, I'm not sure if, if I can, I'm not sure I can state Josh's passion, but my, well, mine is, as I stated, um, when I can help somebody else feel better, I'm, I'm good. My father is a minister and for years, you know, I was, a ch I was, you know, I was a child for a lot of years, actually. <laughs> But my father used to tell me all the time, um, you know, you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a minister when you grow up. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. And he's like, you know, God, God called you to preach. And I'm like, mm, he hasn't, he hasn't had that conversation with me. So we're, we're really good with that. So. Well, and here you are a preacher of a different sort though. But uh, yeah. And, and as I got older and started looking at it, then people talk about my ministry and I, I rejected those words. And then I realized uh, ministry doesn't have to be religious. Per se, you know, and spiritual doesn't have to be religious per mm -hmm. se. We all have a spirit, so I stop fighting those words and just um, embracing you know, my definition of what they meant, and I kept going, and I and I and it's and it's what I do. I I I I kind of can't help it. I kind of can't help it. So to the point where if I don't happen to be in a good mood, um, I refrain from being in public because I don't want to inflict anybody <laughs> with a bad mood I've got for whatever reason. I get through that and then I'll go back and talk to my public again, but I'm not just going to take it out there and, and mess with people. Like, I mean, some people like the you know, misery likes company. I no, I'm good alone in the process of all of that. I decided that I kind of like me as a person. Mm hmm the the huge advantage of that is if i'm alone with me i'm okay with that i know a lot of people who can't be alone they've got to be in the middle of other people they've got to be doing something i can sit in the house and listen to my clock tick for a mm -hmm. long time I've learned some meditations and i'm okay being being quiet with myself i get a lot of conversations that way because yeah i talk to me but i i'm happy with me as a human and my thing is to help other people be happy with themselves as, as humans, you know, yeah, some people do some pretty crazy stuff, but there's a reason in most cases, you know, I mean, there's, well, there's a reason in all cases, we don't always know what it is, but if somebody um, is inflicting unhappiness on you because they're unhappy, well, you know, maybe somebody spent their life making them unhappy and that's the only way they know. I sometimes can affect that in a positive way mm. and, and they feel better. Not, not always. I mean, <laughs> I've got one friend right now that we started talking and they're, um, I would consider them an exceptionally negative person. I'm like, I don't even know why I talk to them and I would talk positivity things to them and they would just say like, you're too positive for me. I can't stand you. Get out of my face. But okay. now 
when they have something going on, they're like, you know, you're my positive friend. You're my one positive friend. So when I have something positive, <laughs> I call you to let you know. And I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. So, so I have my effect on people and I don't have to beat them. I don't have to, I just, I continue being me. And if I can't take it, I just disassociate. I mean, it's no need of me, um, you know, uh, talking bad about them. It's just like, okay, this is not my fertile ground. So mm-hmm. I need to get away from this. And at some point, if they value our relationship enough to calm down and maybe not inflict that on me, mm-hmm. then, um, okay, we can have another conversation. And I've had that happen to people like, okay, well, let's, let's talk. Sure. And I'm good. Isn't isn't it the um, the fact that you are aware of the that you are that your superpower is helping other people to feel good? For a lot of people, they think their superpower has to be something practical, like drawing, or writing, or playing music, or or skiing, or whatever. Isn't that also a little bit the the I wouldn't call it the issue, but the fact that people always think some kind of passion of superpower it needs to be something what they call maybe spectacular Mm -hmm. isn't that a little bit that that's it's like a diamond which is lying uh, in front of us but we have to change the way we look at things so that we can see the diamonds because with our old glasses we think it's a pile of shit (laughs) of, of, of mud you know what i mean yeah and I've had people, people, uh, we, we've, we've had that conversation with some people. Um, I, uh, I was in a, an event once and they asked, you know, they went around the room and asked people what their superpower was. Mm-hmm. And my superpower was I can find a positive in, in almost any situation. Well, I think I said all in any situation there, but I, that's a, that's a big task, but I can find a, I can find a silver lining in almost any club. Sometimes you have to look for it. Sometimes you have to force it, but it's there. And, uh, you know, my, my boy, Tony Robbins, in one of his books, he said, uh, you know, things happen to people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things happen that you think are bad, but when you get down the road, you find out that they've given you an advantage in another place. Yeah. So he said, you know, you may have a day, and it, and it could be the best day of your life. It could be the worst day of your life, but you probably won't know for some time what happened during that day and what it did for you. Yeah. So I, I look at that. I look at that also. Seeing it from that perspective, everything what happens is a lesson or a gift, even if it first had looks like something very bad. And you can turn it around. I mean, if it's bad, I mean, a car accident may have kept you out of something else. Yeah. You know, um, you just you just never know. And I think we learn more deeply from those things too. I forget where I heard this, but we are more we are more a sum of our failures than our successes. We learn more from from what we don't get right and from trying again. And you, you listen to Thomas Edison. I didn't fail ten thousand times. I no. just learned ten thousand ways not to make a. Light bulb filament. Light bulb, yeah. But isn't, isn't, isn't that, isn't that um, um, the beauty of it? I know, I mean, 
if everything would be perfect and there would be no how do you say that some of Rope. these more, yeah more negative situations i mean would life be boring well i think i'm you know we need some sort of tension in our lives right because we feel best when we relieve tension and yeah. you know we don't have to we don't have to put extreme tension on it you know we don't need to you know we don't have to go off a mountain in a wingsuit to get that tension or you know see if we're going to make it no, to the bottom I'm not going to you know, do <laughs> we don't have to you know, we don't have to uh, get into a physical fight with you know eight guys twice our size to create that tension but yeah there's no such thing as a as a good movie without a little tension in it it's the it's the release of that tension and the resolution to it that you know that really gives us some perspective on on how we're <laughs> on how we're going to live and overcoming yeah. something yeah but also also if if you look at music that's what they learn eh? they mm -hmm. learn how to create music by some kind of resolution i mean then yeah. they they going to create tension and then the resolution it's it's how it works it's like that oh, but you need that tension in order to yeah to to make it special otherwise it it would sound quite boring and it would all all it, yeah it would sound like just bieber 100% all of the time or it would sound oh, very strange music. right you you play a 1 4 5 6 and you never go back to that one <laughs> you, you just leave it hanging <laughs> up there <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. And you and you and you're a musician, so. And Josh is kind of a musician. He's he's a. Oh, I mean. He I, doesn't do it regularly. Yeah. He, he plays a little guitar. Yeah, yeah. I play piano and guitar and you know, percussion. Yeah. I just I just don't do it. I just don't do it in public. I I found that does not serve me very well. <laughs> <laughs> I found that in order to yeah. get behind a microphone, I I, I consume large amounts of alcohol. So. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh well. Yeah, I'm just not. That makes the music better. No. <laughs> makes yeah, it sound yeah, better yeah. to me, probably not to everybody else. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But the 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 thing is, um, Josh and Kelvin, is that you for you, Josh? Josh, mm -hmm. is that writing is making other people happy through the writing. With with Kelvin, it's his superpower making pe other people yeah feeling good, positive. And for me, playing music. What I discovered uh, like five years ago is it's not about the music. It's I make people happy, touch their hearts by playing music. So he, Calvin does it with words. I do it with chords and music mm -hmm. and melodies. So it basically comes all down to the same thing. It's about helping other people. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah I, I think I feel better when I when I help somebody else feel better for sure. And being being a service to others, you know, in some way, shape, or form, it seems to be a good way to, um, you know, live our lives and and enjoy ourselves through it. That that that's that's something that I heard. Uh, I think yesterday or the day before. I don't know where I got it, but if you're in big trouble and you're not feeling well, one of the things that you could do is to help other people who are even in deeper trouble. Mm -hmm and help them Be because it's going to give you some perspective yep perspective is good perspective is good and the one thing that i have learned it can always be worse 
You, you don't want to hear that. It could always be worse. And yeah. you, you learned that you learned that the hard way because you were in worse situations. Well, I mean, I've been in worse situations, but I've watched other people's situations. You know, I, I go out. There's a lot of different conditions around the world. You know, I I may have a broken leg, but somebody else may not have any legs. You know, it. it and, and I've never had a broken leg. Thank you very much. I'm I'm I'm, I'm okay with not having that experience, but. Um, even when the pandemic came through and everybody was talking about how horrible it was, you know, this is not the worst plague we ever had. It's not not the most damaging thing that's ever happened to us. Um, a few months ago, over here, we had a um, a comet explode in the atmosphere over Toronto, over Canada. And we heard the sound from that all up and down the 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 what do you want to call it the the, the Great Lakes area really the yeah US, the Great Lakes yeah. area like what is it what was that noise and then we you find out a comet you know exploded now if that if that sucker had gotten through the atmosphere mm-hmm. <laughs> you know life would have been a whole lot different that day the dinosaurs would be back again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so everybody's like, "What was that weird noise?" I don't know, and they went on about their business. But if it if it hadn't if it hadn't uh, disintegrated in the atmosphere, we'd have had a whole different set of problems. And and then I was reading about how many comets actually burn up in the atmosphere every single day that we never know about. It's like, oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could always be worse. Mm-hmm. So, and that that, keep, that keeps me moving. Yep. Now, um, you're both writers, you're mm-hmm. both readers. Um, Josh, I mean, I'm going to start with Kelvin. Kelvin is a big Tony Robbins fan. Uh, Napoleon Hill, you also mentioned. Mm-hmm. What is for you, Kelvin, the book that or books that changed your life? The books that changed my life. The first book was Psycho Cybernetics. Yeah, that's what you're which saying. Which Maxwell Maltz. The next one was Unlimited Power by uh, mm-hmm. Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. and and Stephen Covey, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective mm-hmm. People. Those were the first. Those were the first three. But there's another book that's more on the spiritual, not not religious, spiritual level. It's called Illusions: The Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah, by Richard Bach. That book. That book put a, an entirely different uh, spin on on my life. Why? Because I don't know the book. Illusions, The Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah by Richard Bach. It's, it's probably 30 years old now, but that was a... It was a story, but it was such a... The book that changed my life, I say, is that book. And, and can, you, can you give give us a little bit more details? What what's no. what's you have to do this <laughs> because it's a story, mm-hmm. and it's just a, I mean it's a it's a paperback over here, and it it it's a way of looking at life basically. Um, some people find some resemblance to the Bible. I did not necessarily say that, although it starts, but it's it's a story. It's not a big book. It's. Uh, yeah, it might not be over a hundred pages. I'm yeah, a, a copy of it. It's, it's only you know, 
Mine's probably 150 pages or so, and it's, there's a lot of white space. But it is just a story. Richard Bach, it's, it's the same guy who wrote, and I don't know if you've ever heard about the book, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Yes, of course. Okay. Jonathan Livingston Seagull, I think, was his first book. I think Illusions was next. Ooh. Josh, you got a copy there, yeah. Yeah, it's that it's not quite two hundred pages, but you can see that it's it's tiny. It fits in my hand. A lot of white space. It's the only book I've ever bought for the express purpose of giving it away. Okay. Cool. Now you uh, inspired me. I'm curious. Are, are you Josh? Like, I don't get it. I'm saying, okay, give me back the book. You don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and you, that book, that book did that for me. And 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 you, Josh, also that book? Um, no, the, this uh, this book didn't chip it for me the way that that it does for Kelvin. Um, you know, I've read it. It's, it's important to some people in my life, including Kelvin. And um, you know, my wife read it. In fact. I got to tell you, Kelvin was was visiting us a few years ago. And he was talking about the book, and he was talking about how it changed him. My wife felt she needed a copy, and we happened to be downstairs downtown at a restaurant or a bar or something, and we walked over to to the local used bookshop, and the you know this is one of those old time bookshops where you step down into the place, you know, watch your head. Even even me, <laughs> uh, watch your head getting in there, and there are these stacks of books, and sometimes you have to kind of sidestep and uh, get around mm -hmm. them, and then you find another room, but you have to uh, you know, you have to kind of shimmy sideways to get into the closet uh, to get into that other room. And we walked in and you know, we looked at the guy at the desk, and we said, "Do you have a copy of Illusions by Richard Bach?" And he said, "You know, I think I have one copy." He knew right where it was. He, 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 he walked around one row and then another stack and then went around a pile and then pulled it right out of the shelf. And uh, it was $2, and that's exactly how much cash we had on us. It was, we, had, uh, <laughs> we had been buying meals, uh, meals on our debit cards. <laughs> and so you know, like, there's one copy. He knew exactly where it was, and it cost exactly the the amount of money we had on it so we knew it was uh, the right book at the time uh, That's but, a book. <laughs> yeah but but for me uh the books are are much different in a much different vein uh, operating manual for spaceship earth by buckminster fuller uh, the uh, opening uh, um metaphor he gives about piano tops uh, yeah, if you're mm -hmm. if you're in a shipwreck, a piano top floating by makes a nice little life raft. But it's not it's not the ideal solution for the job, but it'll it'll do. And he says we're clinging to a great many piano tops in our lives. So, you know, we we have a lot of things that we do. Just this isn't the right thing for the job, but it'll do for now. And we just leave those things in place. And he goes on to describe. Again, that's not. That's also not a big book. It's maybe 120 pages, and uh, the last third of it is probably math. That's is 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 math that's over my head. Uh, but Mr. Fuller invented the geodesic dome, and uh, I can But the the first half of the book really is an argument for 
firming up the things that uh, are important to us and what he calls the great pirates. You, know, you need to know a little bit about a lot. You, you need to know enough mm-hmm. about a lot and then have people in place who can do the who can do things well but you have to know enough about the things that you hire people to do so that you can tell if you're getting screwed. Uh, yeah. So he kind of makes that, that argument against specialization, uh, but for learning a lot. Uh, Surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman, which is the autobiography of, of Richard Feynman, who is one of the physicists on the Manhattan Project. You know, he helped develop the uh, you know, nuclear weapons he wanted to turn down his uh, Nobel Prize, but they told him, you know, it, it's actually – he thought it was too much hubbub in his life. And you know, like, it's going to be worse for you if you turn it down. You're going to get more calls uh, from the press, and you're <laughs> going to get more interview requests. Just just go get the thing, and you, know, you can put it on the shelf and, and forget about it. Uh, but he's a guy who – when he was feeling blocked, he went outside and saw somebody throwing a frisbee around, and uh, it like changed his whole view on some physics. But he's also a guy who you know, they he decided to start playing drums, and he you know, wound up performing. And then somebody said, uh, he started sketching because he felt like it, and so he said, "Oh, you'll never have a you know, you'll never be a great artist." And well, yeah, he got good enough to have his own gallery show and. <laughs> he he did enough things that he wanted to do that he enjoyed life and he was he was very good at a bunch of things <laughs> and yeah you know, some of the other books I look to are you know, Ben Franklin's autobiography and mm-hmm. yeah you know, he built him he built himself a, a very interesting life uh, especially if you couple his his autobiography with Walter Isaacson's biography mm-hmm. of him. <laughs> Uh, because you know, in our autobiographies, we kind of give the best version of ourselves and what we'd like to pass on to the world. Mm-hmm. But a good biographer will find the will find the stuff that we overlooked that that is also interesting. It, uh, okay. It, in, um, is that like the dirt, or is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think also that works. <laughs> now, talking talk, talking about autobiographs. Um, mm-hmm. What would you tell? I'm going to uh, ask the question first to Kelvin. Uh, what would you tell your 18-year young self in terms of advice? So, if you now would meet the 18-year young Kelvin, what advice would you give him? Don't wait. Don't wait. Whatever it is that you're looking to do, start now, because. 50 years goes by entirely too quickly. That and don't doubt yourself. You have a dream. You have a desire for a reason. That means you got something to do. Don't wait. Follow it now. Wow. And, and you, Josh? I have exactly the opposite advice for my 18-year-old self. <laughs> my 18-year-old self was diving into everything without thinking about it. I, I had no, I had no good concept of who I was uh, until I was well into my 30s. 
And I tell my my 18-year-old self to slow down, take a minute, look around, learn who you are, figure out who you are, figure out who you want around you, start slow and build up. Don't dive into everything 100 miles an hour and then uh, you know, just brace yourself when that wall comes because the wall's coming. <laughs> you know, that, that's how I that, that's how I was for you know, my most of my 20s. <laughs> now, do you see why it's such a miracle that Josh <laughs> and I do a podcast together? Yeah, but that's that's the yin and yang. We are so different. And <laughs> I say all the time, I don't know why he talks to me. <laughs> well, but it's, yet, it's, it's, it's here the, we are. It's the yin and the yang. It's the salt and the pepper. Eh? It's the... Uh, yeah, literally, almost. Yeah. <laughs> is the, is the, the, one, the, the one is the gin and the other is the tonic? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but all that, you know, all that considered... We make, you know, I've got a, I've got a podcast of my own, um, but my podcast, and we started them at about the same time. I might have started mine first. You, you started yours first, yeah, by a little bit. I started mine first, mm -hmm. so I think I've got ninety-five issues on my podcast, and Josh and I, we just uploaded issue two fifty-three. Mm -hmm. So clearly. Um, although I've loved my podcast, working with Josh is is a commitment, and I've never bailed on him. Uh, I've never bailed on our team. I have bailed on my own particular one a number of times. And by the way, uh, he didn't bail on his team during uh, during like a medical emergency that took up a couple of weeks of, of of his life a few years ago, oh, and. Uh, oh, and I didn't. No, I, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. We weren't recording ahead. We didn't plan for that. You know, when you know, when uh, when we knew that Marlena was coming, that we we planned ahead and you know to miss a few weeks, and you know we recorded multiple versions so that you know multiple episodes so that we could you know skip a couple of weeks and not miss an episode. But yeah, mm -hmm. even. Even during, uh, you know, some, some tough times with your health, there we uh, we managed to uh, to get them done. Yep. Wow. Yep. No. So it's, it's been a it's been a good friendship all the way around. And and within ten years, Kelvin, who is Kelvin? Within ten years. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Um. <laughs> Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's actually making me commit to something. I um, I committed to some things. Apparently, I didn't commit to some. I started to commit to some things a while back. But in 10 years, well, actually, um, there's a guy named Dan Sullivan. Uh, he's, a, he's the uh, owner of a business called Strategic Coach. He wrote a book called... Uh, named uh, my plan to live to be 156. So I'm planning to live to be 156. And the the premise of that book was, 
you know, an awful lot of us are planning to die at 75 or 80 or something like mm-hmm. that. So as you get closer, you kind of slow down and you accept it. And the premise is how, um, how would you be living and taking care of yourself if you expected to live to 156 and not like 80? You'd be vibrant. You'd be still feeding your mind, stuff like that. Well, I intend to be feeding my mind. I intend to be independently wealthy. Um, I missed a couple of turns on that on that trip uh, in the last couple of years, um, and I intend to be helping a lot more people. I've got a book I've been writing, and actually, it's a compilation of the uh, ten years of daily messages that I have been. Mm-hmm putting together um and i i intend to complete that i have stated that intention before i've bailed on it a couple of times maybe i should maybe i should uh, commit to giving josh a copy of it next year and maybe i'll finish it so i can not let him down you know like (laughs) what we've been going but i plan to keep doing what i'm doing um i also do public speaking I, i plan to be life coaching i plan to be sharing these views as long as I can breathe and move around on my own power and helping people feel better about life and themselves. Cool. It's out. Your, your book sounds like, uh, the, the sequel of this chicken soup of the soul. In many ways. Yeah. In many ways. Cool. Yeah. And, and you, Josh, within 10 years, who is Josh? Then you have a daughter in puberty. So I was, I was going to gonna say, I, I, in 10 years, I'll be dreading about to have a teenage daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah kicking, kick, kicking, kicking the boys out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I told the, you know, I'm a Freemason and I told the guys at lodge, you know, Hey, uh, plan on a night in, in, you know, early 2032, uh, be cleaning our guns and, uh, <laughs> yeah, playing poker at, at my house. <laughs> But when the boy comes over. <laughs> I can see that. Marlena, when you that. hear this, uh, I'm just joking, except that I'm not. <laughs> um, no, in 10 years, in 10 years, I, I hope to have helped more people you know, and and to really you have the have the family together when you, I, I kind of look up at my grandfather my maternal grandfather as the 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 architect of the family he was very soft spoken uh, very quiet but he led by example and when he died he he waited until you know his three kids were were in the room with him and he said, keep the family together. And you know, the family is kind of dispersed now. Uh, you know, we were all you know, living in, in Massachusetts at that time. Uh, you know, the kids were off at college, but you know, now, you know, now you know, we've got my side of the family, you know, my, my parents and, and the kids are you know, down in the Southeastern United States, you know, spread apart by a few hours drive and, Yeah, some of the cousins are still up in Massachusetts, but yeah, the whole idea of you know keeping us together, and then you know, making the rest of the world more like family, and mm-hmm. and keeping everybody together, and 
happy and yeah, I just want to bring more of a sense of, of comfort and peace to the world. Wow. Amen. And with these beautiful words, I can say, I can say to you, thank you very much, Kelvin and Josh, for the great hour of inspiration and warmth and happiness and uh, your beautiful souls. Thank, thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Thank Thanks you so much. Hey, it's Peter here. Thanks a lot for listening to What's On Your Mind. Looking forward to your opinions and comments. And don't forget to subscribe on psgrow.com and leave your email address to stay tuned for future episodes. Bye.